The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Doug is a veteran CMO with a background in helping growth stage B2B SaaS companies reach their true potential, and I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the microphone and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. Okay, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Hello, marketers. My name is Doug Bell from Chief Outsiders. And today we'll be talking about C-suite partnerships and laying the foundation for CMO success. Joining me today is Karen Budell, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Tatango. Tatango's customer success software provides unlimited scalability and unmatched time to value, helping cross-functional enterprises drive productivity, retention, and expansion. Yesterday, Karen and I talked about why chief customer officers sit next to CMOs. And today, we're going to continue our conversation by talking about the first 60 days of a CMO. Okay, here's my conversation with Karen Budell, the Chief Marketing Officer at Tatango. Karen, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me back, Doug. Excited to chat with you again today. You just started a new gig. Congratulations. So this is fresh for you. And I think ultimately what you're looking to do is to make sure that when others are starting this journey, especially organizations that need to be customer-centered or customer-centric, that they've got some cues from you. Tell us about your first 60 days at Tatango. Well, my first 60 days were quite interesting. I stepped into a leadership role and brought what were two separate marketing teams together under my leadership. So right off the bat, I knew that I had a team building priority for my agenda. I also joined the company after there was an investment and time commitment made to outlining the company's positioning moving forward and refreshing the brand with a creative refresh and update to the website. So I share that because a lot of CMOs look forward to being able to put their stamp on the brand or the positioning in that way. But that was all done as I, I stepped into my role. And I also joined at a time where we had a nice slate of analyst conversations already on the calendar for me to workshop that positioning for the first time. So it was a really interesting mix of variables for me to deal with as I learned about the company, the product, my peers, my team. But I love a challenge, so I embraced it wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the CMOs playbook quite often, assuming it's needed, right? Um, CMOs that change things for the sake of change should not be 
walking around. But quite often, part of the playbook is positioning tends to migrate over time, tends to become muddled, less clear. That brand narrative is not great. So our playbook typically includes taking a look at those things and proving them. You inherited a brand new positioning narrative, if you will. What was that like? Was it just, did it make things easier and faster for you? Well, I have to say it was a great way for me to get insights about what was and wasn't working because when I myself was having to deliver a narrative or have a conversation, I found out straight away where I was tripping up over telling the story and I got firsthand feedback. So rather than spend all that time in the development phase, I was able to just get out there and workshop it through live feedback, through my own workshop it through live feedback and where I felt it was really resonating in those conversations with prospects, customers, the analysts in the industry. So I guess I would look at it as a benefit because I was able to make some updates and revisions based on what was and was not resonating with the market. The other thing we talked about was understanding at the end of the day, the first team principle and how important that is. And for folks that haven't heard this before, First team principle ultimately is that the team that is most important is not your team. In other words, if you're head of sales, it's not the sales organization, head of marketing, it's not the marketing organization, it's the executive team. And the reason that's the first team is because your job is not to just solve, in this case, marketing problems. Your job is to solve problems for the bigger business, which leads to things like increased growth, increased profitability, et cetera. It allows you to be more elastic, if you will. What has that been like for you at Tatango, sort of embracing that first team principle? I would say that that has been a real unlock for me and for my peers in our business, which is leaning into team one. It's so easy for us as leaders to focus on our team, right? We are invested in their growth, their development, and the impact that they have on the business. That's team two. And I think sometimes we focus too much on our team at the expense of our peers and our role as a business leader and driving that next stage of growth. So we were very intentional about spending time together as an executive team. I was intentional about making time for one-on-ones or informal chats with my peers. I need to have the ability to send a quick text message or call someone without time on schedule. And that comes over time of investing and building relationship and getting to know your peers as people and the role that they play in your business. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is for CMOs in those first 60 days to make sure that they're carving out intentional time to get to know their peers. And as a CMO, yes, sales is important. But as we talked about previously, invest in that relationship with your customer success or post-sale leader. And do not forget how important it is to develop a relationship with that head of product. What are some tips you can give for quickly building good relationships? And I'd be curious to see your perspective on sales and, of course, the chief customer officer. How do you dig in and build those relationships quickly, especially trusting relationships? I will say it's a lot harder to build those trusting relationships in a remote or a hybrid workforce. And that's something we've all been having to work at over the past couple of years. But don't underestimate how important it is to get to know your peers as people. What do they like to do outside of work? What are their superpowers? What have they done at the team? I love getting a sense of history from talking to my peers when I first meet them. It's a really great way to learn where you might step on some inadvertent hot topics. So ask each peer, you know, what their experience has been at the company, previous companies, what they're most proud of, what's been a challenge they're still trying to overcome. Those are great ways to help build some trust. And then be vulnerable. Share some things that you've maybe struggled with in the past or or one thing that you're unsure of. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think those are great ways to build some trust in the beginning of a relationship. 
And then look for some quick wins too. Show how you can help them by highlighting some wins that you or your team have contributed to the benefit for their organization and the business overall. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So you started with a beautifully packaged positioning statement but more. You actually had a brand narrative that was brand new to Tatango. And, and we talked about this. You used Firebrick. I'm a big fan of Firebrick. Really incredible results when you use that organization. But one of the things that that likely skipped over for you as you were starting is the key to being a successful head of marketing, which is this comprehensive understanding of your target audience and their needs. So how did you sort of overcome that, if you will? Did you still feel like, look, this is my ability to operate, that understanding and then did it run into conflict at all with some of the positioning that you inherited? Yeah, I, I completely missed out on all of the work that went into the creation of the positioning statement and the narrative. And that was, I would say, the biggest challenge because I just saw the beautiful package, as you said. I missed out on all the conversations, some of which can get spicy when you're bringing cross-functional leaders together to develop positioning because that's everyone's work. But I think the benefit was I was able to take it to the market I was having a lot of analyst conversations, meeting with many customers in my first 60 days. And I got to see where it resonated, where it fell flat. In delivering the narrative myself, I found out where I was tripping up on the story, where the flow didn't feel natural. So it helped me further shape that and adapt it to what was happening in the market in new ways. And the other thing I would say is we put so much time and effort into developing the narrative and the positioning statement but it's all about the activation and a lot of time and effort needs to go into that as well. Sometimes I think we underestimate the importance of repetition, both internally and externally on two really critical pieces of the playbook. So I would just say that that's where you can really find ways to tweak and improve it over time is making sure that you're enabling your internal team. You're working through certification with your frontline employees, sales or CS and marketing team members 
and then making sure that you're continuing to update and evolve it as things change quickly in the market. And we know that that is just a given these days. So good tips, I think. Fairly important to understand that the relationships we're building out of the gate in the first, first six days are really important. Perhaps the most important relationship is our relationship with the market. And we talked about how do we sort of build that quickly after inheriting all this research. And again, Firebridge is an amazing job. I'm sure that was actually a great head start overall. And you talked about sort of tips for building relationships with first team. What about setting expectations for those first 60 days? Realistic expectations, tips for CMOs coming in initially because you're on a pedestal. People are excited. At the same time, you need space and room to get stuff done so you can build that elastic, big, giant growth machine. Give us some tips there as well. I would say many CMOs are probably in a similar position to where I was, which is you're often asked what your 30, 60, 90 day plan is in the interview process. I'm seeing that more and more in conversations with my peers. So what's nice about that is you're thinking about how you're going to start the job and devising somewhat of a flexible plan before you even walk in the door. So I was really intentional that my first 30 days, especially coming into an organization where two separate teams were coming under my leadership, my first 30 day goal was to learn, get to know the team and my peers and that team one that we were talking about. I also was very clear that I wanted to spend as much time as possible with customers and with the market, in particular, having analyst conversations. So I set the expectations that they would hear back from me in 60 days and or 90 days with an update on my assessment of not only our team, our brand, but how the market was perceiving Tatango with some insights and recommendations. So that was a great way for me to be clear about how I was spending my time. I also used a color coding strategy within my calendar. So I had goals for myself. I wanted to spend about a quarter of my time on people. I had some open roles, some hiring. I needed to assess the talent. I wanted to spend at least a quarter of the time really understanding the company strategy, knowing how our performance was looking over the past couple of quarters, looking at forecasts and where we wanted to go. There's about a quarter of the time you know, that we're spending on our own marketing craft, especially as we've talked about when I was inheriting new positioning and a narrative, and then about a quarter of my time on customers. And so I used different color codes in my calendar to see where I was spending my time. And I'm proud to say that I roughly hit those benchmarks. But Doug, I will tell you, it's always those internal meetings that screw everything up and kind of tip the scales. So set expectations and don't be afraid to decline meetings in the beginning. I think it's so important to learn and to connect the dots. And we're so eager to get exposure to so many people. Just be really mindful about your calendar. Time is precious. And those first 30 and 60 days are going to fly by. Great tips. And I have to say, it feels like we're getting better and better. We marketers, we heads of marketing, we CMOs and making an impact quickly. Frankly, I think that's a direct reflection of just really what a tough marketer it is for a marketer. So having that playbook that gets you started, great advice here from Karen today on that front, building those first team relationships, being customer-centered and customer-centric, and especially no small task, Karen, by the way, rebuilding a team, if you will, unifying two disparate teams, being in a spot where you're servicing your organization at large because that's the organization that's going to sustain you. I learned so much today. Karen, really appreciate you spending some time with me. Thanks so much for having me on, Doug. Great chatting with you. Okay, that wraps up this MarTech Insider episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Karen Budell from Tatango for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Karen, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes. You can also contact her on Twitter where her handle is at Karen Budell or visit her company website at tatango.com. 
Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. If you'd like to get in touch with Doug, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Market Advocate. Or you could just visit his website, which is chiefoutsiders.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap. E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.